0: Welcome back in the morning hookup, boy.
1: That music just fires you up. This next gentleman
0: on our show, Brian Munson, com. Brian, what's up? I was in my groove, man, taking me back to the day, watching them MTV VJs, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh... Uh, I cannot believe I actually heard it this week. I didn't hear it last week. So what a great way to start off this segment.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, I know another great way, and probably you've done. So we keep taking the pulse uh, after um, the uh, Divisional, the the Conference Championship games and trying to figure out how many, if we've had to mute any Kansas City Chiefs fans on Twitter. (laughs)
0: Um no, and, and honestly, I've got quite a few friends uh, that are that are KC fans. Uh, I've got a, a a pseudo Cincinnati Bengal fan that has, I think, given up on his Tennessee Titans and now he's all over the uh, the Bengals. So I've I've actually had to mute him quite a bit and call him out on that one. But mm-hmm. I mean, then again, he's a Titans fan, so I, I get it. While he threw the towel on them, so that that's understandable. But um, no, no, no muting on this side. I think that Kansas City is pretty dinged up, and I just don't see how that game right now at this moment is going to stack up very well just because, I mean, you had Pacheco and you had Holmes and you had, what, two other, you know, Hardeman and you had another wide Mm -hmm. receiver or two go down during the game. Um, And Philly, I mean, four rushing touchdowns against San Francisco. That is – that's tough. That's really going to be tough for them to stop.
1: Yeah, it is. It is going to be tough. It'll be a fun one. It'll be a fun one. I just always make fun because I know up. Up in our uh, neck of the woods right now, there's a ton of Chiefs fans, and sometimes they become unbearable.
0: <laughs> Not so much down. Well, I tell you what, the trade off is you get to deal with KC fans. I get my uh, nine, ten months of Dallas Cowboy fans down here, and it's pretty unbearable.
1: I can't imagine what the talk is in your uh down there with Cowboys fans knowing now that for the first time since twenty twelve a Cowboys coach is gonna uh, head coach is gonna call place. They must be super happy Mike McCarthy's calling place.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think for the first time in a long time I actually agreed with what, you know, Jerry Jones had to do. I, I my youngest son is a Cowboys fan and looking back at their games this season, I, I think the luster had certainly started to wear off of Kellen Moore. Um Loved him as a college player, you know, and I think that there was a, a whole lot of hype with him coming in and doing some things there in Dallas as a young coach. I just didn't see it this year. And, and I think that also, I mean, it's so difficult to understand who's actually pulling the strings in Dallas. Um, You know, you're you're, you're doing pretty well with a backup quarterback while Dak is out. Dak has a good week. Dak has a bad week. Um, and, and I think that, that that whole team is just kind of out of phase. I mean, if that if they were – if they had their offensive line from three or four years ago, right now, wow, you know. And and, and uh, honestly, I don't think Elliott is the starting running back. Uh, I just yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things looking around there on their team. I just didn't you know kind of just wondered who was calling the shots on that one because it didn't make any sense to me.
1: Uh, something that has I mean, some people think it's a mystery, but I don't think it is with this current coaching staff. He had a couple coaches talk yesterday. Uh, Coach uh, Knighton Pot Roast uh, and Ed Foley. Coach Ed Foley spoke yesterday. And it's the job or the mission or the learning that they've learned really quickly because we didn't see this in the previous regime of how much this state means uh, to people and to this staff and the fact that they've surrounded this state and just going out to every high school possible, showing the love, putting the block in up, making kids start to dream about playing at Nebraska. Um, I don't know if we could talk about how, enough how important that is that this staff yep. has done, and the fact that I am sitting here visualizing Coach Ed Foley in like an old Corolla, with somehow he's plugged in a Mr. Coffee Pot, and he's just got this, the old Styrofoam White Cup, and he's just nonstop windshield time. Maybe he has an atlas out, and he's figuring out his way to get around this state
0: yeah the uh <clears throat> there you go the hard copy atlas getting yeah. around the state, maybe stopping off at a at a welcome to nebraska you know center and uh picking up your map um I think it was incredibly critical that they start out that way and they and they they actually did back in december i mean if you think back to the very first weekend that they could host anybody they had their they had their junior day, and, and they brought back, obviously, the guys that were <clears throat> 2023 20, guys, 2023 20, individuals who had offers from the previous staff, and they brought back all the other or invited all the other guys that were offers part of the previous staff. And I, I think Pfeiffer was the only player that didn't show up. I mean, he even got Carter Nelson to, to show up from Ainsworth. So um, they, started out, they started out on the right step, I think, right then and there, and they, and they kind of called their shot. In state is important. Let us show you why. And and they and they brought those guys in that first weekend in December. And like you said, though, Foley and his travels and, and all the tweets he put out, it was fun to watch. It's like mm-hmm. where where in the heck is is Foley today in Nebraska? Um, and it was um, it, it's it's certainly important to have those relationships. And uh, I, I think it's one of those things that it doesn't off very often you know with some of those more rural schools and rural places but the one thing that i think nebraska has had to defend recently in the last you know couple three four years is players you know leaving the state you know and and players that have opportunities to get out of town and they're leaving town And, and you certainly don't want that to happen so you've got to build that relationship from the ground up it starts in your high school it starts when these players are young it starts when, you know, you give these guys opportunities to come to Lincoln and, and check out a ball game, and you have this great relationship then with the staff. The coach knows who to reach out to on a, on a year-by-year basis to say, hey, I might have a guy. And, and, and that's that, I think, is incredibly important. And I, and I think Nebraska obviously recognizes that. And it's it's wonderful, I think, to, to hear about. And, and honestly, I think it's one of those things that probably during this dead period, it'll be something that Sean and I talk about with reaching out to some of the coaches to ask, you know, uh, what was it like seeing a Nebraska coach come through your school? How long has it been since the last one had been there, et cetera? Just to kind of, you know, earmark the significance uh, of Matt Rule and his staff getting out there and doing that. It's just
1: amazing. I mean, um, 75 schools he saw since December. That's amazing, yeah. man. That's just amazing.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I, I think he probably had a lot of window time. Um, I think, you know, obviously you, you could get, through a couple, three schools, you know, typically in some of the more populated areas, but then other times it's like onto the next means an hour and a half drive or whatever, you know, so it's, it, it gets a little desolate, but I think that they, they did, they, they're doing the right things. And, and, and I think that that's sometimes, you know, the big part, even if the coach didn't get to your school and you did see that they were somewhere else, someplace else in the, in the state, it's still going to make you feel good because you're still going to hear about it. You're still going to, you're still going to know about you know the coaches trying to go out there and make all the rounds. They weren't going to get to all of the high schools, but but they they really tried during the month of December and January.
2: We're talking to Brian Munson with HuskerOnline.com. dot com. Brian, I want to go back a few days ago, as we got word that almost the entire nebraska coaching staff was in arizona uh, <laughs> nine, visiting nine, nine coaches nine <laughs> of them nine coaches i said almost it seemed like what? thank you lot. hooks not yet but nine is a lot brian uh what do you think uh was said there and do you have any word on how it went
0: well there can't be a lot that's said there the contact period is um very limited to you know showing up talking to their coaches talking to their guidance counselors, you know, obviously the players and the recruits are, are going to know that the, that the staff is there. They're probably being seen, you know, the, you know, showing up for a workout, catching them in a weight room, catching them doing field work, whatever. The coaches walk outside. It's maybe, maybe a gesture like, Hey, you see us, we wave, <clears throat> but no real like verbal contact, you know, taking place. But uh, honestly, I mean, I think that the comparison was Nebraska shows up with, nine in Georgia showed up with three or four. I, I'm trying to remember how Friday went. I, I heard, I heard the numbers last week and that's roughly about right. It's about three to one, two to one, you know, in ratio for, for Nebraska. And and honestly, we, we've been trying to catch up with Dominic to get a little bit of a comment about what it means. Dylan, look, Dylan's a, Dylan's a junior and, and he's going to be a senior. He's a number one rated player in in his class. Number one, number one quarterback, number one rated player in the 2024 class. And and I think, you know, I've I've got, I've got coaches, high school coaches tell me about other players that aren't, you know, obviously aren't as ranked as highly as what Rayola is, but are still, you know, four-star guys that are, they're inundated, you know, with the attention and the coaches and stuff like that. And they're, they're, they're trying to skirt some of the attention, not just with the media guys, but also with some of the colleges. So, um, I think we'll get a comment here, you know, relatively soon. I, I, I would expect to see Rayola sometime early in the spring. I think Nebraska is very much a priority to get in. From talking to to SIP and reading some of his articles that he has written about about Dominic and Dylan recently, I, I think that relationship is really starting to build, and I think that there's a lot of respect there uh, that basically that the Rayolas have for Rule for Coach Satterfield. Um, I think it's going to be. Really critical to start putting together a product of what the offense is going to look like because right now it's 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 South Carolina film. You know, it's written down on paper. It's like, hey, have you ever ever heard of this guy? Well, that's how we see you playing. So there's going to have to be some things you know legitimate you know on the field showing them how things are going to happen, the process. Have things take shape in from their eyes so they can go back there and really start to consider things when it comes to Nebraska. But I, I, I couldn't imagine that being anything other than overwhelmed to see that many Nebraska coaches, you know, in your school on what turned out to be like the last day of the contact period for, for the first period in the in the month in the uh, year of 2023.
1: You know, Brian, speaking of Dominic, um, some interesting uh, comments that he did have from, from you guys that caught up with him uh, before, and he yeah. talked about um, Nebraska under Coach Rule being a sleeping giant. Uh, he talked yeah. about facilities and all this stuff, and uh, they know in their household that that university is not just a university. It's our university, and speaking of Nebraska, when, when you hear that from you know, a former All-American, like I feel like it's almost like when your parents said you were good at something and you're like, ah, you're just saying it because you're my parents. And then your coach says it. You're like, yeah, see, I know I'm good. My coach told me. Uh, but when, like, a former player says it, it's like, okay, <laughs> now we're in. Dominic said it. He's an All-American, guys. It's a sleeping giant. Let's go.
0: That's a great metaphor right there. Um, I, I I think that that's, <clears throat> yes, those, those comments were extremely complimentary. And I think that. You know, I've I've heard it i heard it all spring or excuse me, all winter, um, so far with uh with the recruits that have come in, you know, uh for the official visits or the unofficial visitors about how great things are in Lincoln, the the how blown away the, the, the players are with the uh the facilities that they have. Um, you know, and I've I've heard it from a number of visitors too. The the, the comments reflect that of Dominic's Dominic, you know, you know, uh, what? hall of famer there at nebraska so it's like it's it's not getting lost um you know or it's not being uh over exaggerated you know because he is a legacy guy uh it's 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 being captured from guys that are 2023 2024 2025 that are also coming up and checking out all the facilities going through all the steps meeting with the staff you know and, and how personable and how great that they all are um, I think that there's there's a really great combination of things going on right now in Lincoln. I, I I'm really excited to see them get to the spring period where they're out there practicing and they and they allow for some of these kids to start getting back, taking visits, watching them coach, watching watching that part kind of, you know, uh You've got to connect connect the words with actions, and, and I think that that connection process will really start when they start to have spring practices and start hosting some of these guests again, these visitors again. We're
2: talking to Brian Munson with HuskerOnline.com. dot com. Brian, we had that D lineman commit uh, a few days ago. Sua mm-hmm. Lefidu, I hope I hope Good I'm luck. saying his Good luck. his name right. And you know, there's a few other guys that they're kind of looking at as well. But you know, uh, Sua said that. He wants to be part of the 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 plan that that these guys have. Do you have any idea what that plan is looking like? And do you think they're pitching that plan to all the recruits that they're seeing?
0: So Sua Um Thank you. yeah, and Polynesian. I've gotten gotten better with it working with a couple guys that are out there in California. It's just like you got to every vowel is its own syllable, so that's where you that's where you got to learn to kind of kind of chop that one off at. But Sua okay. his when he got there and he got hosted by, by Brody Tagaloa, um, you know, he connected immediately with Brody and they're both from California, both Polynesian. And I thought it was so telling talking to him because he, you know, he, he took it to that spot where, you know, as a Polynesian person, you know, they, they, they want, they go hang out with other Polys. And, And he, he went there with this conversation and he basically said like, look, me and Brody are talking, and we have got to start this connection. We've got to start a pipeline back here. We have to give a reason for other Polynesian kids and, and recruits to, to feel comfortable coming here because we are already here, and we can we can be that positive example. And obviously, Noah Paul gates is off, uh, was also mentioned uh, by SUA as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that that's terrific when you get a 17-year-old kid that's thinking like that big picture that that is that is wonderful to kind of see because i'm sure the coaches are like yes we can now go into utah and and now go into california and bring kids in from hawaii and and that's like the one part we won't have to like defend or find a reason for not having developed as having much of a polynesian culture or, or part of our roster you know filled with polynesian you know recruits and players so I think that that's going to be terrific for those guys to take off. But Sua, I think is he's a big guy, six four, two ninety ish. I think he was two eighty nine on his official visit, if I remember right, from what he told me. Um, I think that you know, it's I think he's gotten a little bit of a, a little bit of a knock against him because he didn't start this year for for St. John Bosco, but. I mean, that's the number one high school in in America. It, it, obviously, they're going to have a lot of quality athletes, a lot of a lot of a lot of players with a lot of size. And and, and tell me if, if it's not a luxury that you can go ahead and bring in a a senior who's who's six four, two ninety, to to rotate in with your defensive line. I mean, no wonder you're out there having a lot of success when you have that kind of that kind of talent just like laying around as your second stringer. So, I think he's raw. I think he has to develop. I think he has to kind of put it all together. I think he has to find where he's going to play at. I think that they've kind of talked about a a three technique as a defensive tackle. They're also talking inside shade as a four eye, which is really more of a, of a five technique slide down defensive end inside the, inside the, inside the offensive tackle. Um, So, you know, and that, that could be more of a, of a base 30 front, right? Like when you start talking about that a little bit, so I, I, I can kind of see him as a couple roles. They they, they just want to get him in, get him developed, and kind of see how things are going to kind of work. But uh, I think Nebraska's pretty excited about about grabbing him, and it's another big body. And I think we've talked about it. You know, defensive line was still, I think, one of those, you know, kind of key areas where I didn't feel like they had grabbed enough guys. And, and obviously Nebraska agreed.
1: Uh, Brian, something that uh, I think goes unnoticed, uh now, these days, it's a lot like we forget about it. It's like a birthday as you get older. We're like, yeah, it's another day. Uh, there's a signing day Wednesday. Like, we forget about right. it because it's early, all this early stuff. And, you know, I think we missed the videos and the hats and all that stuff, right? I mean, all that fun stuff that used to be on signing day. But what does this Wednesday look like for Nebraska uh, for signing additional kids? And also, they brought a kid in late, a speedster yeah. in DeAndre Barnes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pageantry that gets that's gotten lost, you mm-hmm. know, from changing and putting in the additional signing day period. I, I don't think anybody really envisioned that the early signing day would take the place of the of the of the second one, but I think that it's kind of taken on a new role. And it, I wouldn't be surprised to the NCAA continue to kind of tweak it and find where the right where the right kind of uh, sweet spot is for it. But you know, you've got five guys potentially that are gonna going To be signing on, on Wednesday. You know, you've got Demetrius Bell, you've got a couple guys from Texas with uh, Ishmael Smith Flores and Jeremiah Charles, both of whom I went down and watched their basketball game on Friday. Tremendous athletes, particularly Charles. Charles is just Amazing, and they're both talking about trying to walk on and catch on with Fred Hoiberg, you know, as well, and play basketball. Then you have Tua Lefeto that we just talked about before, but then, you know, you mentioned DeAndre Barnes. DeAndre Barnes is the speedster that we talked about that kind of snuck in this last weekend uh, from from Aurora, Colorado, uh, Regis Jesuit. Um, He did not have an offer before he visited. He left Lincoln with an offer. I caught up with him. Uh, on Sunday night, I wrote an article yesterday morning that kind of gave guidance about, like, what he's kind of thinking about. Um, and he's going to be a National Signing Day announcement guy. So that would be something interesting to watch. And, and when I got more information from him last night, and this is the part I don't really have a great handle on, he said that they don't even sign until 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. Um, if that's the case, we may be hanging out here for quite a while on Wednesday before we get word that any type of paperwork has, has been received by Nebraska. I'm I'm assuming that there's some sort of a working copy defect in early and more of a ceremonial, you know, style of, of signing later on that night. So but yeah, there's could be there should be five guys. You've also got Bo Sparks hanging out there mm-hmm. too, to the walk on that's gonna make a, a sign day decision, you know, from from El Paso, originally from Lincoln, played at Southwest until his sophomore year. You know, that's a that's a 4 3 wide receiver, six foot plus guy, um, would be coming home, you know, and just loved his visit last week. So I'd keep a close eye on that one as well.
1: Hey, uh, Brian, come on for a good chat, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, when you heard Coach uh, Knighton uh, say yesterday, uh, nobody wants to be a weak link in that staff. Uh, did you immediately like I did, I just wrote it down. I'm like, I need to tell my kids this. Nobody wants to be the weakest link.
0: Well, I think that that's that that competitive nature mm-hmm. that you see that's in the is always in the locker room. It's also now within the the staff. And uh when when you get that competitive nature there and everybody's pushing on each other, that's when a staff can be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's that's what's kind of the secret thing is when, you know, as opposed to a guy that that just has you know two or three spots, only recruits his two or three spots, or as opposed to the guys that go out fully, special teams coordinator in every in seventy five high schools in Nebraska. Do you think he was really looking for a punter, a long snapper, or a holder or something like that? No, he was laying the groundwork. So when those guys are out there, they're they're they are the ones out there being measured and measuring each other based on what it is that they're out there doing. You see all the tweets. You see that just fully. You, you saw. You, you see all the other coaches that are that are out and about. You know, you had McGuire and and, and that were down in Texas, and and uh, I just feel like that is what's going to make this staff different and special. When you really have got guys that are not afraid to put in, not really afraid to put in the effort. They know that the success is basically you know leveraged against their effort. So uh, I think that this is really going to be fun to watch you know, and see what happens here over the next six months. But, yeah, it's tremendous when you feel like you've got that competitive thing going on inside the coaching offices
1: now. Hey, Brian, when the Super Bowl comes being a diehard Bills fan and you watch these two match up, uh, will you have a rooting interest in the game when you're watching? Because my kids, I love watching college basketball, and my youngest always goes, who you pulling for? I'm like, nah, I just yeah. want a good game. I want a good game. He's like, no, you got to pick a team. It's like a win-loss <laughs> thing with him and I. Like no, no, I just want to watch because I'm a huge Star Hill fan, Husker fan. Uh, but will you have a reading interest?
0: Um, I I think it's going to be Philly, and that's probably probably going to upset a lot of your your listening base yeah. there a little bit. And that's fine. And I love it. I love, I, it. I love Hurt, every bit of it. Yeah, Hurt, <laughs> Hurt is. Yeah, I I I think that that's uh, Jack Stoll has uh, it mm-hmm. really went down as one of the guys that I felt like um, would probably would have had a much better career. I watched his high school film out of Colorado, and I just always saw him as an nfl type tight end pulling it off and i'm so excited for him you know that that he's out there doing that uh so yeah i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna say i like philly the best Uh, i just don't want to see i don't want to see another afc you know kind of reason for me to kind of dread you know a next season being a buffalo bills fan so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with philly and and I, and I think, honestly, there's a lot of, a lot of guys on there that, that and I love their offensive line, man. Mm-hmm. That's another reason to go ahead and reward those guys. I think that offensive line played great against San Francisco. They really mm-hmm. took away that, that, that advantage, I felt like, that from a defense perspective. They just they completely neutralized them.
1: Oh, man. Good stuff, Brian, man. Thanks for hanging out with us today and some extended time, man. Take care of yourself. Keep doing great work. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Yep, talk to you next week, guys. We'll
1: Thanks, Brian. Brian Munson, HuskerLine.com right there. Go give him a follow on Twitter. Go check his stuff out on, on the On3 site, Husker Online. Uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. We'll do our daily parlay.